News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, Irish tourism businesses group ITIC has warned that the over-reliance on tourist accommodation to house people fleeing the war in Ukraine and indeed other asylum seekers could result in supply for the sector being dramatically reduced and affecting that a sector going forward. And Ona Mara Walsh is the chief executive at the Irish Tourism Industry Confederation and he joins us now. Um, Owen, explain to us, I suppose, the the issues that your sector is facing. Well, I suppose the um, the, the Ukraine war um, has been like the biggest, obviously, kind of international crisis Europe has faced in 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 whatever fifty, seventy years since the since World War Two or hundred years, I can't do my maths. Um, But it has had serious unintended consequences for obviously the European economy, the Irish economy, but particularly the Irish tourism industry. So we know now because there was a, a question asked in the Dáil and answered last week that 22% of all tourism beds nationally are contracted to the government for Ukrainian refugees and asylum seekers. And that, if you exclude Dublin, that actually rises to 26%. And, you know, the, the tourism industry and hotels and guest houses and B&Bs are happy to play their part in the solution. But I, I, I don't think the government can be over-dependent on the sector. And it will have huge, damaging, unintended consequences if the number of refugees and asylum seekers continues to grow in the accommodation sector and it's going to have a big impact, a big negative in- impact next summer. Okay. I, I suppose the question is though, what else can they do? And, and, and I understand what you're saying and, and I presume that having refugees or asylum seekers in, in your accommodation is a little different than having tourists in terms of, of what they spend and how they, they behave. And I don't mean how they behave in a bad way. I mean, as in they're on, uh, they're pursuing leisure activities and therefore they're, they're, you know, their their money and, 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 and what they will be doing and spending will be different. Um, but what else can they do in the current circumstances that we find ourselves in? Well, it, it, we, we've called for the government to, to publish a, a, a kind of a comprehensive, transparent plan as to how refugees and asylum seekers are to be accommodated. Because I think the thing we have to remember, Kira, is th- that this is not a two, three month um, crisis. This is going to go on for, I, I imagine, at least two years. I mean, you know, even if the war magically ended tomorrow in Ukraine, so much of the buildings and the housing is, is destroyed. So there's nowhere for those poor refugees to go home to. So they're going to be here for at least two years, I imagine. And the idea of, of kind of sticking them constantly into hotels and guest houses would just have, have a massive knock-on effect for the tourism industry. And by the way, it's not the right place for people fleeing war to be in a, a hotel bedroom, you know, day after day. So the government have to be much more ambitious, much more creative and, and produce a balanced plan. I, I suppose the, 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 the counter-argument to that, though, is it's better than them staying in a war zone or living in a tent in Poland where it's freezing, where some refugees are staying. So, so it, you know, it, it may not be the ideal, but it certainly isn't bad. The other argument that would be put is, is, is whilst, yes, it's not purpose-built and whilst it, it is affecting, I have no doubt, tourism, it's filling beds that during the winter might otherwise be empty. So, so hotels and guest houses are, are operating at, at a capacity they might not have otherwise achieved if it yeah. wasn't for this situation. Surely that is beneficial from a financial point of view. Yeah, it, it's a commercial arrangement. We, I, I'm not, I'm not um, denying that in any shape or form. It's a commercial arrangement between hoteliers and guest houses and the government. And yeah. during, the, uh, during the quiet winter months, it actually suits quite a few yeah. of the accommodation providers to be getting um, revenue uh, for for bed stock. but if this situation is still the case, and indeed we anticipate it'll it'll have got worse because there'll be about another fifteen thousand refugees just by just by Christmas, 
Um, if the situation is still the case and has got worse by March, April, May, then there's huge knock-on consequences. And it's not necessarily the accommodation sector that I'm, I'm mainly concerned with. It's the downstream tourism businesses. It's the restaurants. It's, it's the and that's what I'm talking about, that, that asylum operators. seekers and refugees don't exactly. spend and, money and, because yeah. they don't have money. God I, love them in the same way that exactly. tourists do. Exactly. exactly. And Fulcher Ireland, which is the, the national agency for, for, for tourism, uh, estimate that a tourist spends a euro in accommodation and two euro fifty in in ancillary okay. services. So if that if that income is foregone, there's going to be massive problems in tourist towns right across the country. Because if if a tourist can't get a bed in a tourist town, there'll be no tourism activity in that town, and there's lots and lots of jobs at stake. True, and, and I accept that. But it comes down to two things. One is again, what can they do other than this? Because there are no other beds. And two, that's fine. But if you're doing well during the winter, you can hardly complain during the summer. Well, in terms of what they can do, I mean, it, it, it's, the onus is on the government. I mean, we, the tourism industry, are happy to play our, our part and, and, and be part of the solution. But as I say, we can't be the primary accommodation provider uh, for, for everyone. And the government really must, must produce a plan which identifies modular housing, state institutions, vacant buildings, buildings, unused dwellings. I mean, there's lots and lots of local authority right. buildings, unused guard stations, and they have to be much, much more um, 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 urgent about this because if, if we drift into the spring and summer months, there's going to be massive knock-on economic consequences, which is not good for anybody. And, and you know, that includes a revenue... Yeah, no, no, I take those points, Owen, Owen, and I do too. And, and look, thank you for speaking to us this morning on this. This is Owen Amara Walsh, Chief Executive of the Irish Tourism Industry Confederation. Let us know your views. We've heard certainly from, from towns like Killarney, which are tourist towns, that they are concerned that a huge amount of, of the tourist accommodation now has been, has been subsumed into that sort of asylum-seeking and refugee network. Let let us know your views on this because it does boil down to what else can we do, in fact. But 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. We'd love to hear from you this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.